Welcome to Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart. If you've been listening for a while, welcome back. If you're new to the show, I'm your host, Fiona. My passion for sport really started when I was a competitive swimmer. This led me to study sport development at university whilst also working within the sporting industry. I'm a huge believer in sport being used as a tool for good. Each week, I'll bring you an episode with someone involved in the sporting world. It could be your local high school teacher or your childhood or current sporting hero. The difference is that it's not your typical type of questions. We talk about the highs and lows in their journey through sport, but also what they've learned from it and how it's made them who they are today. There's also a strong focus on how being involved in sport can impact the community. If you haven't already, make sure you hit follow wherever you're listening so you don't miss the drop of each new episode. If you're after some bonus content, then you can check out our Instagram or Facebook page at Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart. We are back to the fortnightly interview schedule with Ironman Glenn Strutt. Glenn started off as a competitive swimmer. However, funny enough, our paths didn't cross in the swimming world. It was years later on a beach at the start of a triathlon. In this episode, we hear about Glenn's journey through sport and the roller coaster that life outside of sport can take you on. But at the end of the day, sport can be the tool to help you keep going. With the Commonwealth Games on right now, and after watching the World Championships of so many sports, it's a timely reminder that at the end of the day, we are all humans going through our own battles and working towards achieving our own goals, no matter what sport you do or level you participate at. Before we dive into the chat, just a reminder to reach out on Instagram or Facebook if you've enjoyed today's episode, or even better, share it with a friend who you think would like it. Glenn, can you please tell us about your sport? I know you've had a few and how you got into them. Yes, I initially started off as a swimmer back in school. Um, that was where I spent most of my training days, I suppose. Um, spent plenty of hours in the pool just doing up and down. It was pretty good. I enjoyed it. I'd like to say I, I was a decent swimmer. I got relatively good, but, you know, to be an Olympian, you have to be top two in your chosen discipline so it wasn't easy I gave it a crack but didn't quite get there um it was good fun along the way and lots of memories and training was good um but it got to end of year 12 and decided that was probably my time um decided to focus on the next chapter of life you know I focused on uni for a few years didn't really do any competitive sport as such um, still very competitive, but I didn't have a sport for a little while there. There were plenty of things that I was wanting to do. Um, and then I guess I kind of needed a bit of a push. Um, so I think with everybody, no matter what sport it is, you kind of need a little bit of a push to get going. Um, I always wanted to do triathlons, um, which is then, you know, where I am now. Um, and then, yeah, I sort of had a bit of a push. So uh, for me, I think uh, it's different for everyone. For me, it was uh, leading into my exams in third year of the five-year course. So, yeah, we had a pretty hectic exam schedule at that point. I had, like, ten exams over, like, three weeks. My grandfather, he passed away. So, it was pretty tough. You know, I had to keep going through that. It was all in the middle of the exams. So, it was, like, you know, had to keep focused. During the first week of exams, my girlfriend at the time decided to break up with me. Apparently, I wasn't as supportive as I should have been. So, you know, had a grandfather uh, pass away, a breakup in the middle of exams. And then just at the end of exams, my grandmother passed away. So for me, that was a, a pretty hectic month. <laughs> You know, both grandparents passed away and I could say it was my first proper relationship. Went through a bit of a, a breakup there. So for me, that was a real tough time. And for me, that was my push. That was what I uh, needed to be able to get on to the next chapter of my life. For me, I could easily have seen how easy it was for people to sort of slide back into their comfortable state that... Uh, you know, I had to focus on me. I had to 
work towards the next chapter of my life. And that involved, you know, achieving some, some pretty big goals. Oh, wow. And that was the start of your journey in triathlon? Just some sprint distance triathlons, the, the smaller stuff. As I said, swimmer growing up, always wanted to give triathlons a go and I still had that competitive nature. So, yeah, I'm like, all right, this is, I think it was six months away at the time, so I'm like, I'm, I'm just going to do it. So I went out, worked hard for six months, you know, passed all those exams, got through all that hiccup. <laughs> and then over that, that six months of training, I began to realise that by working on myself and doing things that I wanted to do, I was getting a lot more joy in life than just uh, than just doing things that I thought had to be done because society said, you know, do this, do that. So that was awesome. You know, I went through, I, I got through that first sprint triathlon, smashed it, loved it. I'm like, all right, sweet, what's next? Like, you get hooked. <laughs> so I think it was like a month later, got up and, yeah, decided I'm like, all right, let's, let's keep rolling with it. Got through my next sprint triathlon and then the Olympic distance triathlon. Um, and that was, that was a big task, but I'm like, yeah, that was good, but you know, I can do more. <laughs> like what, what else is there? Like, let, let's keep going. I was on, on a high, I was doing what I'd love, things that I hadn't done for a while and, uh, focusing on the things I enjoyed. And for me getting up every morning, it, it was, it was better. It was easier. You know, I got through the harder stuff and then able to keep working through it. Um, so I'm like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to go for a half Ironman and the marathon. And so I think that was the end of 2019 was when they were set. Um, I think it was October was the marathon and November was the half Ironman. So I'm like, yep, we're going to, we're going to keep pushing towards them. Everything was going pretty smoothly. I was, you know, loving life again. And then you sort of get to the second big, uh, speed bump for me. Uh, that was when uh, my parents uh, actually separated. So a bit of a shock. So it was a big blow. Still at home at the time. So mum was down for a very, very long time. And it took her a long time to sort of start seeing some positives again. And I still had to be there for her. It was no one else to be there for her. So I kind of took that upon myself. Um, and that was in about that was in August. So we're probably two months out from the marathon, three months out from the marathon. So that was my next big hiccup. And I could have easily been like, you know, that's, that's it. You know, like I got to focus on the family. Like, and I did, you know, I was still there for mum. And I didn't want to just give up on doing the things that I loved either. So still made sure to push through those sorts of things, you know, um, got through, got up the next morning, still grinded away, did what I had to do, went out there and uh, got through every training session, made it to the marathon day, did really well. <laughs> I think I went like three hours 33, you know, for my first marathon. Um, so I was pretty solid. I was pretty happy with that. And then it was a six-week turnaround to my first half Ironman, which was, again, another big, another big thing. Got through, got through that as well. I think it took me four hours 52. That was up in Penrith, so Sydney. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Um, got through that and I'm like, all right, there's only one thing left now, you know, like I've, I've gotten through a fair bit of, fair bit of uh, crap. I don't want to, don't want to swear, sorry. You can swear um, if you want. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. I got through a fair bit and I'm like, you know what, I've, I've done the marathon. I've done some sprint triathlons, Olympic triathlons. I've done a half tri half Ironman. There's, there's only one thing left, and that was, you know, the full Ironman. So I got home after after Penrith's half Ironman, and I'm sat down. I'm like, all right, what's what's it, what's next? How do I do it? What do I have to do? So this was the end of 2019, and I, I set the goal of Bustleton, which is the end of 2020. Mm -hmm. That was that was going to be me becoming an Ironman. I would have been like 22 or 23 at that point. I really wanted to, to get that, tick that off before the next chapter of my life. Figured out the training program, figured out what had to be done. And then, of course, everyone knows <laughs> that the next big hiccup, the third big hiccup was uh, COVID. So that was, that was for me, my third major thing. So, you know, I've got 
the member three, um, the, parent, the, the grandparents passing away in the breakup during exams, mum and dad leaving, and then COVID just screwing everything over. <laughs> so I think we got for a half Ironman in Geelong in 2020 at the start of the year. And then after that, there was like nothing. There was, everything was being cancelled. Mm -hmm. So I had a couple of half Ironmans prepped to sort of do the lead up and they all got done and everything that went, everything that came up, it just got scrapped. So it made it really difficult to, to not only um, achieve the goals, but to actually get up every morning and do what you had to do because a lot of the races, I'm guessing for across any sport, there was a lot of uncertainty and you never knew what was going to happen with the sport and the race until it got relatively close. So it, it meant you had to get up every morning and train and do what you had to do without even knowing if it was worth it. Like it might not have happened at all. So that was, um, that was a bit of mental resilience um, that, you know, you sort of had to develop to be able to do it. Um, I think Busseldon got cancelled like five weeks before the race, mm -hmm. so or five or ten weeks. It was, it was pretty close. It wasn't super close, but it was pretty close. Um, and then, yeah, that got cancelled. So that was a tough, tough gig for us. Um, you know, that was the first time I'd, I'd put in a lot of hours and that was the first time I couldn't do what I had tried to do. You know, I hadn't been able to achieve the goals that I'd set out to achieve. No matter any other speed hump, I'd managed to get through it. So that one was a tough one. Mm. Um, but, you know, you get up and still get away um, and you enter, you just enter for the next one. Like, <laughs> you don't have much of a choice. They've taken your money at this point. You may as well, may as well just enter for the next race and do it. So, yeah, then the, the second race came along. Um, and I think the next one after that was Port Macquarie in May 2021. Um, so, you know, I, I, between December and then I had gotten through another half Ironman in Geelong in 2021, which was good. Mm -hmm. That had gone well. Um, thankfully COVID was pretty chilled at that point. So we we're able to get through at least one race, <laughs> but of course Port Macquarie didn't go ahead, not because of COVID, but, um, Port Macquarie got cancelled because of flooding. So the water, it, it caused the roads to be damaged and they just didn't, they said it wasn't safe. So they cancelled that one on us. So, you know, that was the second cancellation for me. So that one got postponed until I think it was September in 2021. And then I could have chosen to postpone it till then or to try and go up to cans in june 2021 and that was only a month away so i'm like you know what i've done all the training i'm i'm fit i'm ready to go i just got to hold it for another month like I, I can do that so i'm like yeah yeah let's do it so yeah pushed through for another four weeks um got through all the training i'd hit my taper and i was i was ready to go i was pumped i was feeling fresh First Ironman was, uh, was only like two weeks away. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And then, you know, good old COVID <laughs> decided to come back. And then uh, 10 days prior to Cairns 2021, mum and I hit the road. We, we, we got in the car because COVID was becoming a bit of a thing. It was getting scary. And we're like, you know, we, we have to do it. We've done all the training. We've had two cancellations already. We have to do it. So we, we got in the car and we, we started driving. We made it pretty much all the way to the border between Victoria and New South Wales. And then uh, everyone decided to shut us Victorians <laughs> out because we're all crooks. So we had to turn around and drive home for three or four hours. And that was a big one. Mm. Yeah, that was like 10 days away. I could see it. I, I was through all the training and everything. That was probably one of the hardest points for me in terms of training because I had done it all, at least prior to that, the two cancellations, I had almost made it, but, uh, but like there was still a little bit of a leeway, whereas this, I was already in taper mode and I was ready to, ready to go and I just couldn't get there. So that was a tough one. I think I was down for a good couple of months there in terms of trying to get up and do the training. It just wasn't really working for me. Um, but 
they still have my money, so I still had to try <laughs> and do another race. So then it was going to be, I realized uh, WA were going to be pricks and they weren't going to let us in. So I'm like, no, nah, nah, we're not going to go to Bustleton. We're not going to try that again. Tried to do Taupo, which is New Zealand in 2022. So I'm like, all right, that gives me about six or seven months by that point. I could have a good time to dip and then slowly build it back into it. And uh, it meant I could have, you know, had a bit of a, a breather from the intense training load because that was the that was the biggest thing for us. Um, so, yeah, we started working away at that. And then this one, we got plenty of heads up. New Zealand, I think they gave us about 20, 15 to 20 weeks. They're like, no, nah, we're not letting anyone from any other country into our in, across, across the border. Um, that one, I had enough leeway that I wasn't like completely wrecked by the time I discovered that news. So that wasn't too bad. So the fifth time, the fifth event entry was, yeah, Cairns 2022. Um, and thank God this one went ahead because I don't know if I could, how I would have gone with a fifth cancellation. But um, that was really cool because, and then I was able to do a couple of half Ironman. So again, did Geelong, that was my third time in 2022. And then the Melbourne half Ironman, which was, I was pretty happy to be a part of. That was the first first race of uh, at that location. So the first time that St Kilda hosted the half Ironman. I was pretty happy to be a part of that. And then I had about 10 to 15 weeks from that leading into Cairns. Um, after Melbourne, I, I picked up a coach because I'd done all of this on my own. I never had a coach. It was Steve McKenna. So he's a professional Ironman triathlete himself. And he works with Tim Reed, who anyone in the triathlon community knows Tim is an absolute weapon. So um, Even I know that name. Yeah, I got, <laughs> Yeah, I think everyone does. He's a, he's a freak and he deserves it. So he deserves all the credit he can get. So he coaches Steve. And then in that way, I was able to sort of connect with Tim, a couple of Tim's professional and, you know, sub elite crew, as well as Steve directly. And then the crew, the people that Steve works with. So it was a pretty cool uh, 10 to 15 weeks leading into Cairns. Steve was able to fix up some things that weren't necessarily working in tra in the training sense. Um, and then I, I got there and got up to Cairns and, and I, I'd achieved it. Um, I broke broke the 10 hour mark on my first time, if you can call it first time, fifth time, whatever you <laughs> want to call it. I was able to break the 10 hours. For me, that was huge. Um, a lot of people, you know, they can't, don't even think an Ironman's possible. And they, even those who have done it, trying to go under 10 hours is a pretty big ask. So for me to be able to do it, I'm going to say first time, with help from the coach, but mostly myself, um, I'd like to say it was it was a big ask. I did all my research on nutrition, all of that sort of fun stuff. Yeah, and it was, it was pretty cool. But and to bigger and better things now, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to throw back to the speed humps that you yeah. went through mm. the first speed hump when mm. you were you know in the middle of exams and life is just throwing bombs at you yeah. what was it that made you want to you know go to sport like what was it that thought you know that, that you said it was the push that you needed but like what yeah. was going through your head that made you go okay was it the pool first or was it like triathlon in general first like what was that moment like that was obviously a pretty tough time I think uh, I've personally never been involved in like all of the, the drugs and the alcohol and I know a lot of people can um, and I don't want to say that's in either direction not say it's right or wrong um, I could have easily seen how that's the the, the nice approach you know life's tough that gives you a path out mm -hmm. um, I had, I had, during all my swimming training, I had known that for me, I felt good with the swimming. Um, that was my high. Yeah. <laughs> um, and for me, I couldn't have taken that easy approach. I had to push my body, had to find myself again in that sense. Um, stop just doing what everyone else said was 
the nice easy thing and just do what I wanted to do and enjoy myself my life um, and for me yeah then I got into back back into I guess sport uh, get those endorphins <laughs> pumping <laughs> um, and I just after a couple of sessions after a week or two I, I was just no longer down I was I was feeling good I, um, it, it was able to help me keep focused through the exams um, to keep studying even though you know I had a couple of funerals and all sorts of stuff going on at the time. And then I kind of broke down for a good week. Mm -hmm. I was just like, everything just kind of hit me. And then I'm like, you know what? I, I still felt good. Um, that was what made me feel good. So I could sit here and be miserable and down in the dumps forever, or I could, yeah, get on with my life. <laughs> so I did, mm -hmm. I decided, you know, I'm just going to do it. So yeah, that's, that was, that was probably the, the initiator in that sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously you have, you have all sorts of uh, milestones along the way. People, they get injuries. I had injuries. I think I had a couple of stress fractures, all sorts of niggles. As an osteopath, I was sort of able to self-manage myself. So I kind of knew how to heal my own injuries. Uh, so again, I was very much my own coach. <laughs> um, and injuries are big blows, you know, um, they can really shake up your, your training. Um, when I had a stress fracture, I couldn't even run for about eight weeks, but you, you sort of have to use that as an opportunity to look elsewhere. For me, when I couldn't run, you know, I, I, ch I was able to focus on the swimming and the, and the cycling. Um, and during lockdown, we couldn't swim, so I was able to cycle and run. But those opportunities also meant I was able to, you know, look into my nutrition, I had more time. So I was able to nut that out and figure out exactly what I had to eat and that sort of stuff. And I, I lost a bit of weight, got to a healthy, uh, healthy training weight, healthy racing weight, learned about all that sort of fun stuff. And they were probably, you know, the milestones. I haven't had a win yet. <laughs> But I'd say every single finish line is is a pretty big win. You know, it makes you it makes you get that fire burning and want want to get after that next race, and it keeps that passion alive. Mm. Um, so between the, all that stuff, you you sort of have to use every opportunity as a as the next biggest thing. Um, I definitely think the biggest biggest milestones in someone's sport aren't always the highs, but they're probably just as much the lows. You know, that's what sort of like it, it strengthens your resolve. It, it kind of forces you to remind you about what the reasoning you're doing, what you're doing. You know, you, you can't, a lot of people say like, how the hell do I do it? Like, how do I fit in full-time work and, you know, 20 hours, 25 hours of training a week. And it's not easy. <laughs> There's plenty of early mornings, especially when the weather's as crappy as it is right now. It's uh, freezing and, you don't want to get out of bed, but you know, it can be a hell of a lot worse. Mm -hmm. And you have to sort of remind yourself as to what it was that, why you got there, what, what you're doing, how you got to the position you're in and all those negative, negative uh, speed humps or whatever word you want to use. It's those are the ones that kind of get you, force you to get up and get after it. And I mean, I had five, can four cancellations, uh, and most people would have given up after one, you mm -hmm. know, like um, they say training for, for an Ironman is like one of the hardest things. And I did it five bloody times <laughs> and I still managed to do it. So, I mean, I'm nothing special. So I think if uh, if I can do it or if, if, so if anyone can do it, there's no no excuse. You know, people um, always say, you know, w if you're passionate enough about something, no matter what it is, you know, you always find a way to do it. A lot of people, it's their family, their their kids. To, uh, you know that that's and that's great. You know, you or you might be going after a promotion at work. You know, if, if whatever it might be, you, you you do it. You find a way to do it. So if you're really really passionate about it, no matter how hard it is, you will do it. So you, that's I think that's probably you know one of the biggest things that I took away from it. Like uh, there's all sorts of you know, interruptions to my planning and it's just, you're just going to push and find a way and have a clear understanding about the reasoning behind it. 
and you'll you'll get there. So I love that perspective. I think it's a perspective that sometimes we lose when things go hard or things are tough and to be able to bring it back to why you do something or what it makes you feel I know the thing that got me back in the pool and swimming competitively again when I was 20 was a relationship breakup and a death in the family and it wasn't at all you know I didn't have two deaths in the family or exams at the same time but it was I, it was enough to shake me up and go, okay, well, who am I? What do I enjoy? What makes me happy? And yeah. to be able to go back into that space and I was like, the pool makes me happy or exactly right. being able to go, oh, training makes me feel good and I'm you know, accomplishing something. And then I broke an arm in the middle of all that. And I remember like thinking, am I going to give up or am I going to continue? And I, I did, I like continued and you Coming from a swimming background, you would remember like if you haven't competed in a while, you have to re-qualify for things like states. Yes, yes. Yeah, I think you can only last like a one year or something. Yeah, so. I, had to, I had to re-qualify for states and that was like yeah. after not swimming competitively for a few years and then having a broken arm. It was my elbow. They told me I'd never be able to swim again. I was like, watch me. Stop, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, yeah. That's fair enough. Give him the middle finger. (laughs) Yeah, hearing that, you know, you had a hard time and not at all is it a good thing that you went through that hard time, but you turned a negative into a positive and hearing that, like, is incredible. I think that's, yeah, definitely one of the biggest things. As you said, like, you're familiar with it and it it doesn't really matter what it is, what you're going through. Um, As I said, if you really want to do something, you'll find a way. For you, it's like your, your broken arm. That was, uh, you know, it's not just make the decision and away you go. There's there's still going to be more interruptions to your program along the way. Um, you, you got back into the pool after your breakup and then the death of the family. You, you're like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then bang, you break your arm. And you're like, geez, well, that's, that's now what is, do I just give up? But, you know, mm-hmm. for me, that was when, um, you know, when my parents separated just like two months before before the marathon, I was like, well, do I, do I really want to do it? And it, that was when you really had to focus on, you know, the resolve and the resilience and get back up and do what you want to do. It's very individual. You know, everyone's passions are different, but you're going to find a way to do them, I think. You know, if you really want to do it, you, you'll get there. So that's, that's a big thing. It is. And from like a coaching hat, I'm like I'm putting on my coaching hat for a second and I'm like, yeah. well, it is individual because each one of your athletes are not just athletes, like they're humans first and they've got yeah. things that are happening. Like your three speed humps weren't even directly related to your sport. Yeah. Well, like they were it. all in your life. Yeah. None of them were sport focused, but it was sport that got me through them as well. Mm. Um, I mean, it might not be sport for everyone. Um, <laughs> I think it's very important, but I don't think it's always for everybody. Um, I mean, some people lose themselves in work. I don't know if that's really the best bet, but like there's there's all sorts of things. I think whatever it is that makes you happy, that's what you got to focus on, um, whether it be reading a book or uh, catching up with friends. You know, that's those are the, those are the things that, that you got to just focus on to help you get through the, the toughest parts of life mm-hmm. and yeah, build on it from there, I think. So for me, it was sport, but as I said, and it's different for lots of people, but yeah. And it could even change, like depending on where you are in your life. Like I know, you know, we both grew up swimmers, so mm. swimming used to be that for us. Now it's like, change to something else for you like you now do triathlons Mm. and you're more in the distance space but like you could find five ten years down the track it could be family or that's it as well like that's it as well I just I also think um you know if you're there's going to be more to life than just uh just getting a new car or (laughs) I mean a lot of people um like they 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 say they reflect at the end of the day, you know, they're like, oh, the, the biggest things in their life, it might be having a kid, you know, getting married and that's all great. But I certainly don't want to 
sit down at the end of the day and be like, yeah, my biggest achievement was a new car. Like, <laughs> I mean, if I didn't get a new car, I'd kind of be worried. So what, what is it that I'm going to achieve in life? And um, for me, I can call myself an Iron Man. That's something that we'll ever be able to take away. I think uh, it doesn't have to be the uh, same as I said, it doesn't have to be sport related, but it's going to be something bigger to life than just, just being a cog in a machine and getting through the day, <laughs> not mm-hmm. taking away from anyone uh, in terms of, you know, you, whatever your goals are, they're, they're going to be personal. Just smash them. Don't just, <laughs> uh, just uh, roll with it and just achieve the, the minimum to get through. Just, just smash every single goal that you just set yourself because it'll make it so much better <laughs> and uh, get, get, getting through those, uh, those tough points make the goals even better as well when you do eventually get around to achieving it. So That is a great segue to my next question. Yeah. If you could go back and relive a moment in your sporting journey, like you've just told us some hard ones, you've told us some of the highlights, but what would be one moment that you could go back and relive and why? Oof, relive a moment. <laughs> um, I think I'd like to say I've relived event cancellations more than enough. <laughs> but um, they're probably probably some of the, the, the biggest ones in terms of helping me get to where I was. Mm-hmm. Um, crossing that finish line was by far the best day of my life um, in Cairns when I became like when you cross the line and they're like, like Glenn Strutt, you are an Iron Man. Nothing was better than that. Um, and I certainly plan on reliving that moment at least a couple <laughs> more times before I'm done in the sport. But in saying that, as much as I don't want to relive the, the negatives, those are probably the most significant points. Um, and I don't think that uh, the race would have been as sweet if it wasn't for those tough points. I certainly wouldn't want anyone to, to, to go through what I've gone through or any other hardships, but those are the ones that make the end result even better. Um, I will race another Ironman, no doubt about it. I've got some pretty big goals lined up in terms of like qualifying for world champs and that sort of stuff. But, you know, it's it's not the day that gets you there. It's the whole process. The day is the easiest part. Mm-hmm. Um, you've done all the hard work. It's just putting it all together. So I think um, in terms of a single moment, that's a hard question <laughs> to answer. <laughs> because, um, yeah, that crossing that finish line was easily the greatest day of my life. But it wouldn't have been as great if it wasn't for all the negatives either. So. That's a really yeah. <laughs> balanced perspective. It's really awesome to hear that like, yes, it was the highlight, but it wouldn't have been, you know, as bright and shiny if it weren't for the lows that you had experienced. Like it made you appreciate the joy way more than you would have. That's exactly right. And I guess, you know, if you're just rolling with it every single day, is, if you're just rolling through the motions, it's uh, you can sort of lose perspective of how awesome it comes, how awesome it's, some of these milestones can be, um, Mm -hmm. you're just going to embrace it. You know, life's got highs and lows. Um, everything will get better, but, uh, you know, it's sort of on you to get up and make the most of it. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you'll, you'll get through, you know, everyone will get through a breakup, but it's sort of how you, how you bounce back. That's what's going to be the biggest thing. That's, that's what's on you to do. Um, if that's, if that's, uh, something that, a lot of people need to, in, in society in general, people can take something away, I guess, yeah, be, just just make the most of it. And you, it's on you. Like, as I said, everything will come good. But you got to do it. you yeah. got to be the one who's going to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the, I know when I'm going through tough times and, you know, the world feels like it's ending and I can be a little melodramatic, I know that Todd and my family will be like, oh, Fiona, you drama queen. But the yep. sun still rises the next day. Like the world That's doesn't right. stop just because you're going through a hard time. And that like, you know, tells me that, yes, you might be in the middle of the pitch black, you know, dark right now, but there will be the morning or the, the light at the end of the tunnel that, you know, will come eventually. Yeah. And the, and the harder you push to get to that light, the quicker it's going to get there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The brighter it will be. Mm-hmm. So if you really want it, 
you can do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like our metaphor speaking. <laughs> <laughs> so you've answered, you know, a lot of your journey and how it's impacted you as a person, but has there been maybe one benefit sport has provided you that's like reflected over to everyday Glenn? Everyday life, everyday me. Um, <laughs> the biggest thing I took away from it all was definitely going to be resilient. Mm. So with work, you know, you, there's still going to be slow times at work and, and busy times at work. You're just going to trust that it'll get there. and You're still going to get up and, and grind away and get through the motions. Um, <laughs> the weather, it sucks. You can't get out of bed, but you know it's going to get better. Like you just got to roll with the punches. Um and just embrace them as best you can because, yeah, I think that's probably the biggest thing I took away from it all is if you're passionate about it, you'll get it, you'll do it, mm-hmm. and you're just going to keep digging deep and make the most of every opportunity. I don't know if that's maybe every single day of my life, <laughs> um, every day, Glenn, but um, I think that's uh, something that I've definitely learned. Hopefully that yeah. answers the question. <laughs> and no, it does. It does. And it's, um, yeah, as you said that, the, uh, the weather, they're just like darkened in yeah, the room it's been I was a pretty, sitting in. pretty depressing day, isn't it? I think last night it was pouring down with rain and um, yeah, it hasn't been the nicest weather, that's for sure. But Time you know what? Up. Spring is next. <laughs> it is. It's only one, a month and a half away. So we're just going to get through a little bit longer. <laughs> yes. Resilience. <laughs> Resilience. That's exactly right. <laughs> You'd spend a whole whole interview yes, on that. <laughs> we could, yeah. Have you been involved in something where sport has been used as a tool to develop the community? Yeah, this is a tricky question, actually, when I first saw it. Personally, I have not been involved in the community in general. Um, the biggest community I've been involved in is like the triathlon and the Ironman community. Um, that's probably the most communities I've been involved in with the sport. But I think something that I would love to see going forward is more the the way the community interacts within triathlons and Ironman, it's pretty special. You know, it's a race, but every single athlete out there is is out there to, to help each other get across the finish line. Um, they're always chatting as best you can during the run when you're all absolutely <laughs> cooked and you, you can, you're like slurring all your words. You're like, yeah, yeah keep going. You're trying to at least. Um, but you, you, it's, it's definitely support. Um, for me and at Cairns and the Ironman, there were there were about three thousand competitors total between the two races that were happening on the day. Um, I reckon every single athlete probably had at least one, probably two or more supporters, and then there were all the locals who had come down as well. So for the run, there were thousands and thousands of people. Um, I didn't know any of them. I only knew mum and dad, but. Literally every single person would say my name because it was on the Yabib and there were so many people just supporting each other. And in terms of uh, a community base, that's like that's a pretty awesome community to be a part of, I think, um, in the race. And I'd probably love to see that approach broaden within society. Mm-hmm. Society in general, you know, it's at a point I don't want to get too politically correct or anything. Don't want to say the wrong thing. But, um, you know, this is the thing. You you can't sort of say the wrong thing because people are too scared to speak up, to voice their mm-hmm. opinion in, in case they offend the wrong person or whatever it might be. I think it would be pretty awesome if, if we could get to the point where everyone, doesn't matter who they are or what background, they just support each other. You You should be able to say what you want to say and not be afraid of offending the wrong person and, you know, getting yourself in trouble. Everyone should just be out there and you, whether they agree or not, they just, they just, yeah, support you for that. That's what I mean. Like the race, there was so much support coming down the finish line. There were probably like a hundred people that probably felt like the whole MCG was there cheering me on. So I think if you could get that sort of atmosphere or feeling with whatever it is in life, and have the have society in general mm-hmm. that supportive of one another. That'd be pretty cool. I don't know if that's the the right answer that you were looking for, but um, 
I think that's something that's pretty, pretty, pretty special and cool as well. So. Yeah, I think it's quite unique. And I love that you've mentioned triathlon um, mm-hmm. because obviously we've been both part of the swimming world and like the community that's in that, but it can be very political if you're on the wrong, te- not on the wrong team, but if you're on a different team for someone, you can't really, it's seen weird if you cheer for them. And I yeah, used to get is. lots of weird looks when I would cheer for my friends from school, but they weren't from my club. Yeah. And I, I hated that part of swimming. I didn't mm-hmm. understand why I couldn't cheer for someone who, you know, wasn't on my team. Yeah. But with triathlon, like I know I've been on the sidelines watching Todd, but whilst you were racing, like if I know you, I'm cheering for you. I don't care yeah, that's right. what team you, you are or if you're competing against my fiance. Like I, <laughs> like I just want you to do the best that you can do. Yeah. That That's very, it is a very triathlon thing. Like I have seen that embedded in the community the tri community anyway yeah well I think that that's a big thing um yeah I think there's there's so many people out there as I said there are like 3,000 athletes I probably like three percent of them are competitive and trying to win mm-hmm. everyone else is just trying to get to the finish line like uh, I don't care how many people they beat or what time they do it's just about making it Everyone sets their own little goals and it doesn't really matter what it is they do to get there. Mm-hmm. They're going to do it where, to, to do the best they can. Um, as I said, for me, a big goal is going under 10 hours. But even if I didn't do it, I would still be the happiest man in the world that day. Um, I'd still have raced and finally become the Ironman that I'd wanted to be. And, now the next goal, as I said, is to try and qualify for the world champs or something along those lines. Uh, who knows how long it will take me, but at uh, end of the day, everyone's out there to support each other. My goal is my goal. The person next to me is trying to do something different, but, you know, we're all trying to get, get each other across the line. It's, it's, it's a bit of a, a war zone out there on the day. <laughs> so I think if we can, uh, yeah, everyone works together and, and helps get each other across the line, that's pretty pretty special. So yeah, yeah, and it shows really great sportsmanship as well. Like it's absolutely, it's one thing that I really, really admire about sport and some sports don't show it in that way or show it as much but it's um, something that I really like when sports are showing like it doesn't exactly what you said it doesn't matter what the bloke next to you is doing or what his goal is like you're both there at the end of the day to do the same race and finish Mm -hmm. and like the respect that comes from that and then the ability to show you know being a good sport or being a good role model or example or not even team member like just competitor on the on the field is incredible Triathlon, it's it's a highly it's considered a highly individual sport. I'd say. Um, I mean, I do pretty much I do all of my training on my own. So you think like 20, 25 hours a week, I'm just sitting downstairs on the bike half the time, noodling along, watching some random TV show. Like it's pretty lonely. Or listening to this <laughs> um, podcast. <laughs> or listen, yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> Whatever keeps me entertained. <laughs> no, but um. It's very lonely. Um, it, it can be considered individual, but the race, it's such a supportive race. It's, mm-hmm. um, and you, I remember you going to the recovery zone after the race and everyone's just absolutely spent. They're just eating everything they can get their hands on and they're just chatting. And you don't know who anyone is. I'm not going to know, probably not going to know or see many of them again for a little while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least not till the rest next race, perhaps. You know, that was a, that was a pretty special half hour. You just chatting with people and all being through hell together. <laughs> so it is definitely an individual sport, but a team effort at the same time, and that's what I'd like to see transpire into the community. Yeah, and everyday life. Like, yes, you're on your individual journey, but like, just remember, we're on this planet together. Like, exactly. let's work as a team. <laughs> exactly right. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's probably the biggest thing. Few world wars could be fixed with that attitude. <laughs> yeah, I reckon. I reckon. Uh, prevent the next world war three or whatever else it might be coming our way. Just uh, everyone, just chill out, and you know, <laughs> we're on our own journeys, but we're a team. Line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's getting real deep now, isn't it? <laughs> oh, that's all right. So maybe in... we were just 
We need the politicians of the world. <laughs> I think we'd do a better job. <laughs> you are an osteo, so that's what you do for work. That's also yes. helping the community. Like what made you want to be an osteo? <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's a tricky question. Um, I, I don't have a nice smooth answer for it in that sense. I guess, as I said, like during school, I was a swimmer, took mm-hmm. up a lot of my life. I was always like in and out of uh, the, the physio, the osteo, whatever, the myotherapist. It was a, it was a messy, I guess with every, every sport comes their injuries. So you always, I was familiar with it. Mum and dad were both predominantly office-based workers Well, when I'm growing up and I didn't want, I didn't see myself sitting in front of a computer all day, every day, but I couldn't really see myself going down the trade path either. Um, so for me to be able to harness a bit of everything in terms of my sport and, you know, be able to access my knowledge, learn and be able to help the community in general. Um, the thing that kind of, you know, culminated all of those things was something along the physio osteo path. I ended up choosing osteo. Part of the reason was I got to become a doctor at the end of it, which is which is pretty cool. Uh, I don't think uh, many people can say they're a doctor and an iron man. So I think that was a pretty cool uh, little little thing. I actually didn't even uh, realize properly uh, until about halfway through, and then there was rumors of it, and then everyone's like, "No, no, you actually do become a doctor." And I'm like, "Oh, that's sweet, eh?" So. <laughs> I became a doctor. <laughs> well, you can uh, push that in Todd's face a little bit and be like, guess what? We started osteo at the same time. But you know what? I'm a doctor and an Iron I'm Man a, before yeah, you. Well, that's <laughs> right. That's exactly right. So um, I, don't know many, I don't know many other doctors and Iron Mans out there at the moment. So I think I'll, uh, I'll take that. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> it is. Next step, Doctor and Olympian. I know a few of oh, those. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the Olympic distance at the moment is a bit short for me after. <laughs> I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be an, an endurance in, engine in me, but uh, <laughs> the Olympics tiny compared to what I'm used to. <laughs> yes. But, yeah. No, and it's good that you, you know, use that passion for sport and even like, the awareness of what osteos and physios and myos do to help people in you know everyday life but also athletes and then you use that to kind of direct you where you wanted to go in your career like I think that's pretty cool as well yeah well Brown's past is what sort of shapes their where they go in life their, their future in that sense whether it be you know uh, what you're exposed to when you're younger if you see that your parents are, are in the trade and then you want to take over that trade or whether it be your sporting background has sort of helped you develop into your ongoing profession or whether it be, you know, all of the negative side of things helping you drive the goals going forward. No matter what it is, uh, the, the past will always have a reflection onto and just help shape who you are when you get older and it'll always do that. Um, there's always things to learn from the past. It's um, how you respond to everything and how you embrace it and what you do going forward. That's what's going to be the biggest, uh, biggest things to help, help shape you mm-hmm. as a person. So. Love that so much. That is so good. <laughs> okay, you've given us a lot of wisdom so far. Like I'm thinking Sorry. all of the sound <laughs> clips that I can make out of this episode. Sorry about all that. <laughs> it I've, is uh, incredible. <laughs> no, it's great. I love it. Um, it makes my job easier when I'm doing social media. <laughs> but the last question, and mm. I'm really interested because you've gone really deep so far. Where do you see the future right. of sport? The future of sport. <laughs> I think sports can obviously play a big role in society going forward. I don't know whether it's necessarily as a result of COVID or just society in general, but I think um, a little bit of everything has kind of caused society to, in general, become a little bit slack. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're so used to getting everything when we want it. Like, uh, for example, when I was a kid, uh, you had to wait every single week to get the next episode of your TV show. <laughs> These days, you get a whole season on a day and you can just binge it, you know. like uh, We're used to getting things on demand. Mm-hmm. We don't have to wait. We don't have to be as patient as we used to be. 
Um, so as a result of that, I think society in general become a little bit slack, a little bit lazy, and we're used to getting things. We're not used to getting out and getting them done ourselves. Um, I think sport, it, 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 at least for me, it taught me or it helped me recognise the importance of setting goals and how awesome it is to achieve it. I think um, sport would be plays a major role in society in general in helping helping people, you know, set goals and it helped them understand the how how special it is to achieve those goals. Um, so I think you know where does sport play play a role in the future? I think uh, it'll hopefully help help people recognise the importance of setting those goals um, and make them you know sit back and as I mentioned before reflect what it is are they what have they achieved in life what is it that they're gonna sit down at the end of the day and be like I did that you know it doesn't have to be I finally got a fancy Tesla car or <laughs> finally got you know the highest paying job you know what are you really gonna be like I that I did that, like I did mm. something that people didn't do, and like that—that's that's some something special. A lot of people, you know, they they say like, "Oh yeah, I got through my book." I'm like, "Good, good job." Like they read <laughs> like, a book. Uh, <laughs> they read a book. I mean, like, who doesn't read a book? You know, like, <laughs> what are you actually gonna do? And I hope that's you know where sport can help people recognize. You got to set some pretty big goals in life, otherwise you're not going to get anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, as I said, society is a little bit slack, so I'm hoping sport will help people recognise the importance of all that those sorts of things going forward. So, yeah, I think when it's like setting big goals, even if you don't quite achieve them, like the I can't remember the exact wording of the quote. It's like shoot for the moon. And even if you miss, you'll still be amongst the stars or something oh, like that. Yeah. Like, you don't you might, actually have to. Yeah, you might like shoot a massive big goal and be like, oh, I want to, I don't know, be the best podcaster in Australia. <laughs> but like you might end up, you know, recognising that, I don't know, talents are somewhere else or being able to learn from the people that you interview. Like you said, like I'm learning from you right now. Um, or, you know, like you said, with the Ironman, like completing an Ironman, like you might have had a goal to do sub 10 minutes. But if you didn't do that, like you were still an Ironman. It didn't take that yeah, away from right. you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's, um, you know, you set yourself big goals and it's awesome if you can achieve them. But even if you get close to them, mm -hmm. it's probably more than a lot of other people would have done. Yeah. <laughs> You know, as you you reflecting on yourself, it's uh, you might not be the best. You have the number one podcast. I'm not saying yeah, don't, but you know, you probably should. But you know, not every, not 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 everyone's gonna. Only one person can be the best. We um, can't all be Hamish and Andy, can we? <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's 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 the learning curve you take to get there, um, mm -hmm. and the the path along the way, the the lessons you learn. And the, all of that sort of stuff that helps helps you achieve what you want to achieve, and um, whether you necessarily make the big big goals. As I said, only one person can be the best in Australia or the the world champion, whatever it might be. But if you're going after them and you're trying your best to achieve them, that's that's going to be what helps you get a lot further in life than people who just sit in the couch every Sunday and chill out and there's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that either I mean I love chilling out and eating oh, I had a three-hour nap yesterday Sunday, so, yeah, <laughs> no, there's nothing wrong nothing wrong with it. I'm probably gonna have a nap straight after this to be honest so. <laughs> but no I do get what you're saying like you've got to go out there to achieve the goals to be able yes. to get somewhere in life and well it's not just gonna happen mm. you have to you have to be able to be the person who wants to do it I guess no matter what it is whatever it is you want to achieve or whatever negatives you make along the way to make the most of it it's on you to do it mm -hmm. if, if you want to make the most of anything in life you're the person who's going to have to make the most of it so yeah and sport in my like in my opinion like it could happen in music or art or English or maths or I don't, I don't know <laughs> too much science yeah, whatever things. That might be. but I think sport is such a great example of uh, like a vehicle to get you to learning those lessons in life. Um, mm -hmm. 
especially as a kid, like you think about what maybe me and you learnt before we were even 18 in the world of swimming and you're like, well, has that set us up to be high achieving adults or even just like adults who are willing to work and strive for what they want? Like I, I would say yes for me. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean it teaches you discipline. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's the easy answer though. Everyone sort of knows you have to be disciplined to be able to be an Ironman or make the Olympics or whatever. Everyone knows that. But um, I think it really does. <laughs> teaches you you have to be have to be disciplined you have to get up and you can't just sit back and expect it to happen um and then the biggest thing that i guess i've learned through it all is you have to be resilient as well that sort of uh, goes hand in hand with it everyone knows you have to be disciplined but it's how you have to be disciplined when things don't necessarily go the the way you expect them to mm-hmm. that's uh that's a big thing that people need to recognize as well i think yeah and something a chat from someone else in season three Hannah Dodd she used to say in terms of like how you bounce back from things she said something like she used to throw herself a pity party when she got like bad news so she had one day or one afternoon and she just feel all the emotions let it out and then the next day she was like right back onto my goals and I thought that was such a great you know idea of coping with something and I've done it a few times since I'll be like nope I'm gonna feel (laughs) sorry for myself for the rest of the day or the rest of this hour or the rest of this five minutes or whatever it is, depending on what's happened. And then I'm like, but tomorrow's a new day and then I'm going to start fresh and it's brushed off the side of the shoulder. Definitely. You know, embrace it. You know, mm. if, uh, as you said, not everything's going to go smoothly. Not everything's going to go your way all the time. But you have to be able to embrace those those moments because there are definitely some days, some training sessions that you're just grinding through it and you're like, geez, this sucks. I'm like, I, I can't physically do it, you know, whatever it might be. I did it last week, but physically my body's just not wanting me to this week and it, and it absolutely sucks and it can really get you down, mess up your mental state and uh, make it really challenging to get up the next day and try and get after it again. But that's where it's important to actually sit back and recognize that those those are the moments that when it's tough that's what that's what you reflect on you're like it was tough last week and I got it done I can do it again (laughs) so you you just build on it you you get through the negative side of things and you wake up the next day and you make sure you get it done (laughs) because um yeah there's not really any shortcut in that sense you just there's it's life's a roller coaster (laughs) You embrace the lows to be able to make the most of the highs. So, oh, yeah. another quote. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, I think I reckon I, I reckon I pulled that one from someone else. Surely, but someone else has come up with that. <laughs> oh, it doesn't matter. I came out of your mouth. <laughs> so, well, uh, I stole that. <laughs> in terms of what's next for you, you've got Busso and New Zealand. Is that right? Yes, yes. So I got Bustleman, the half Ironman over there in, in December. I've got that one booked, all the flights and accommodation. That's all locked in, which is exciting. Looking at the previous results, I'm kind of hoping to chase a podium spot over there, which would be, that'll be my first win. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if I could get on the podium, that'll be the first time I could get on it. I would then, hopefully, I'd expect to then qualify for the half Ironman World Champs. Don't know whether I'd do it or not because then, yeah, Taupo in March is the full Ironman and that's where I'm chasing the full Ironman World Champ qualification. So not too sure which (laughs) of the – yeah, well, who knows? Not too sure which of the two would transpire first or what – how the race will unfold. I guess um, that's another thing. But I'm just going to go after both of them as hard as I can smash the training for the next six months, see what how well we can do, hopefully qualify for world champs in one of them, hopefully come away with a podium position for one of them and then get after it from there. <laughs> oh, well, it sounds very exciting and I'm sure uh, Todd will have it watching, but I'll, if I know you're racing, I'll also <laughs> tune in and follow your journey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's much appreciated. Um just gonna tell Tom to get his his tushy out there as well. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> that'll that'll be exciting. That'll be exciting.
Yeah, I'd love to be out there racing him again because his last time he was racing is when I was still getting into it. So I'd love to be able to see where we're at and put <laughs> yeah. heads out there on the course well, again. And you see, you see him, pop so, him yeah. down. You um, pop him off the podium. That would be nice to see. Well, that'd be pretty. <laughs> I'd be happy with that, wouldn't I? <laughs> You're like, well, that's what happens when you train consistently. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's all, it's not easy. But you, you can't always trade all day every day. You have to have to have the other aspects of life to be able to train as well. Otherwise, physically you just won't keep up, or mentally you won't keep up. So it has, it's, you have to have the balance as well. Yes. Well, Glenn, thank you so much for coming on. Like you've had. <laughs> thank you for a having huge me. Huge journey in sport, but you know, sharing what you've learnt from it, I think will like you said earlier hopefully spark something in someone else and help them get through a tough spot yeah it's about all about getting up and pushing through and getting it done so no it's an inspirational (laughs) message i love it well thank you again no thank you thanks for having me on it was great um hopefully i didn't ruin your sunday morning too much for you (laughs) love it (laughs) yeah (laughs) awesome Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart. This is a completely independent podcast that has been created to share the journey and lessons of top level sporting professionals, but also your everyday lover of sport. If you liked this podcast, I'd really appreciate if you could leave a review and share it with someone who you think would also enjoy it. Until next time.